0: Welcome to a better way of being. I'm Ashane, soul healer, well being practitioner, and founder of the Quaduceus Healing System. Here we will lift the veil on spiritual practices, complementary therapies, and healing modalities to highlight the role that they can play in overall body, mind, and soul well being. There will be awesome interviews and discussions with healers, complementary therapists, and inspiring souls you will discover practices to explore and you'll be able to regularly enjoy guided meditations, sound journeys and so much more. A Better Way of Being will open up pathways for you to consider when exploring avenues to complete and whole health. A Better Way of Being disclaimer, the hosts and guests fully support and recommend the continued use of your medical professionals and let them know all that you are doing towards a better way of being for yourself. Listeners, and welcome to Let's Chat, one of many an episode where we have a guest speaker sharing their amazing journey towards a better way of being through a teaching, a practice, or from a passion of helping others through mainstream or complementary healing practices. Today, we will be chatting with Stephen Altair, author and teacher of Light Body Awakening, including mindfulness and meditation. Stephen has been writing and teaching meditation techniques for over 30 years. Stephen has co-founded three educational institutions and a health and lifestyle television channel. He has published 10 books, including a bestseller, and composed three music albums, including a single which he has presented to Nelson Mandela on his inauguration. Stephen shares teachings, activations and transmissions from the light of awareness at the heart and light body awakening based on subtle energy meditation. Other courses that Stephen offers include Astrology for Awakening and Dream Yourself into Awakening, both which sound amazing and a true journey to be taken on. And there is an awesome offering on one of Stephen's websites of a free 30-day challenge to Awaken into Presence, which is an offering of 3-minute Awake Awareness Challenges every day. Stephen is also involved with the Raising Our Vibration community, with the intention of assisting us to move into and elevate our inner state to a collective consciousness. Well, listeners, I am truly keen to hear more all about this, so let's join the conversation here. Let's chat with Stephen Altair. Stephen and welcome to the Better Way of Being podcast it's lovely to have you join us
1: here thank you Sharon and and love and blessings to everybody that's listening because I I mean it's a joy already we've been discussing lots of things prior to this beginning and so I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity so thank you to you and thank you to all the many people that might be listening and the the love and the, the compassion and the understanding that we can bring to this world at this particular time right because there's yes. a lot of as we were mentioning there's a lot of anxiety and concern about many different areas of you know health well-being the environment the, the spiritual well-being of our children of ourselves so i think all of that's very present in the in this conversation we're about to have
0: yes yes absolutely and let's let's see where it takes us and listeners um uh, everything that we We'll be chatting about like your way to get in contact with you. I'll we'll be putting in our the description part of this podcast. So just sit back, listen, and uh, see where we go.
1: <laughs> oh, exciting! <Thank> <laughs> I'm excited, and I hope everybody listening is excited. I've, <sighs> I've done a done a lot of you know interviews for TV, radio, all kinds of formats, and I think the wonder of it is always the mystery of it, right? That you there's a sacredness and a wonder about any connection like this with you Sharon and, and it's not only us right we're connecting with everybody that's listening so exactly. there's a real sacredness in that interconnectedness and in relating yes so I love that
0: yes and Stephen I don't know about you but I always find that it's don't plan because it's going to go exactly where it needs to go conversation
1: exactly. does doesn't that's it? that's <laughs> that's my that's exactly my forte is the, the unplanned adventure of, yes. of life
0: yeah, oh, I, I, So, I do have a script, and, not, and listeners would know that, but you know, we'll see where it goes.
1: <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. No, I can't wait.
0: Um, and before we do actually move <clears throat> into talking about everything that you do and your practices, I would really like to um, take you back to where it all started. I can remember reading uh, a short little extract about you uh, where you said that you dreamed as a young, young one, young, young lad, uh, you dreamed of being a monk. And that in itself. Led you to a huge awakening in self awareness and all things, all spiritual paths. Where did is there was there a moment, a defined moment um, that all oh, this what what's led you to be doing what you're doing now?
1: Right. Yeah, yes. Well, I think it actually began before I was born because in my pre in my previous life, I died in 1959 as a uh, as a monk in, in the service of the Dalai Lama. Actually, in a um in a monastery in tibet and i so i had this recall right through my early years so when i was born i my um caregiver was a mother superior mother uh, or reverend mother kathleen adamson in the carmelite order so i was brought up right from that very tender zero age of being, you know, doing the centering prayer and knowing that I was surrounded by angels and that God's love was awake in my heart and that saying I love Saint Teresa of Lissot and Saint therese of the villa and Saint Francis of Assisi, Saint John the Cross. I, I was a real mystical kid, you know, a lover of mystical kids. In fact, I nearly decided I was going to marry my next door neighbor whose name was also Therese, purely because her name <laughs> was Therese. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this is a good thing. This is how you identify the people you want to connect with. They're called either Teresa or Teresa. So um, <laughs> there was this, you know, magic that happened to me when I was very little. And uh, she, gave, uh, the um, Reverend Mother gave me, you know, lots of beautiful support about how I was a child of the Virgin Mary. So as a little kid, I didn't believe anything else. I thought everybody must be the child of the Vir- Virgin Mary. Yep. Um, and, and so it was a little bit of a surprise, Sharon, when I was just two and I had this recurring dream every single night. That I was a Tibetan monk walking with a companion um, in, into a, a Buddhist mon- monastery, which or a Tibetan Buddhist monastery, which turned out to be Samyan Monastery in Tibet, and I um, and I died every night. Every night I fell off into this primordial sound and prime, and the, this vast luminous light, and I experienced it every single night, and of course woke up screaming, and my parents thought I had epile- epilepsy, so they. Um, took me to many doctors. My, I, you know, my early life was spent a, as a subject of neuroscience. So even now, I still do. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing lots of neuroscience research, and I'm the subject of a lot of neuroscience research because my brain, like Kevin's, who you Kevin shaninger who you've also interviewed, is very unusual. And so I've had tests done that have been published that sh- when they've compared my brain against. Um, the, the average meditator that something really unusual is going on they they compared it to looking like a dmt or a god molecule which is kind of funny um well so when i went had all these tests done when right from the age of two to three because this happened every single night every single night i was a tibetan buddhist monk in exactly the same spot on exactly the same place and then something happened and i and i died and i experienced the same sound and and like which i can still remember today and is actually a very living very real experience for me so um thankfully to a doctor whose name i also remember Aaron. when i was three after you know after 365 days there's certainly something you're wondering like is this ever going to stop because i would go to sleep at night exactly the same thing would happen um, so this has been part of the reason why i w- w- was in a lot of tv interviews and radio and newspaper g- because of this because it was a it was a little bit of an unusual experience and um that experience she she actually said oh look he's just overheated why don't you because at first they did lots of brain tests thought thought i i was an epileptic and of course there wasn't anything wrong with my brain and she just said look take all his clothes off leave leave him naked on the bed and just just take all the blankets, just try that. And of course, the moment she said that, and the moment they did that, everything stopped. And it made me really curious because I had this living memory that so I can remember everything the vivid, just, and I was totally lucid. You know, I was clear that I was having a dream, but I yes. couldn't wake up out of it. So yes. I developed that lucid dreaming ability at a very young age and catalogued about 20,000 dreams over the next um, 10 to about. 20, 20 years or so because i was you know i mean i was dreaming in some cases dozens of dreams a night oh, yes. very clearly yes so so that led me to you know explore lots of a lot of th- things just purely on this you know spontaneous adventure like you said you love so much um just purely opening to you know spontaneity and sy- synchronicity like where does life lead me if i actually allow it to flow through me and and have the experience that it's supposed to be having yeah. so at the age of four i asked mum to um, find me a japanese teacher because i really wanted to learn you know tea ceremonies in all, all those sort of things i don't know why but i and i didn't know anything about japanese culture i i just said i want to learn japanese i want to learn japanese culture i want to learn all the things that are associated with japan she said why i said i don't know i just got this feeling and the same thing happened at age five i wrote to nasa because i got this feeling that i should be on the first one-way flight out of the solar system to alpha centauri and i was going to be on it and i was sure that at the by but you know by because i was five i was pretty sure that they must be running trips and that somehow i'd get on them um and they did write back they were so lovely they said look you know, we're not quite quite ready to run those one-way trips to because uh, it's so many light, or well, it's however many light years away but you, we, we'd love you to come and be an astronaut when you're 18. So it was this, there was this, you know, lovely exploration of of life that led me to, you know, wanting to be a. Pri- so I wanted to be a priest then at six, and I did all the celebrant stuff and held church and mass for my family and friends, you know, all that sort of thing. And then at age 13, I. um really i i remember going to my neighbor one day she was an alchemist and, and a very good alchemist even though i didn't know that at the time yeah. and um it was it was lucky i lived to live next to her on on the left hand side of my house lived next to her an alchemist on um, the next house were two saibaba devotees two sisters who had the and all sorts of miracles oh, coming out of statues you in call their that houses. lucky
0: Oh, that uh, was meant to be.
1: <laughs> it was definitely meant to be. And then on the other side, I had a magician, you know, a very good, a very talented um, musician. And then just around the corner, I had actually, without me knowing, a world famous astrologer who saw. So I had all these, you know, you had your openings. Network. Had the network all sorted out. There was there's a good reason for me being in the right place at the right time. So my next door neighbour said to me because I went across in tears and I said look there's magic there's magic everywhere and I said I want to know how to access and I don't know why I'm here but I think you're the person and she said oh I've been waiting for you to come and see me and she handed me two books autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda and the Kabbalian which is the by the three initiates you know a beautiful book on on alchemy and um, I so I read those avidly and then you know on went on from there and studied wonderful paths with you know studied Yogananda's path for many years, the alchemical path, and then healing like yourself did Reiki. So I did a Tibetan Japanese form of Reiki called Reiki Shin Do with Dr. Ranga Premaratna, who's an Australian, a wonderful, wonderful soul, wonderful being who holds the lineage of that particular practice, and and went on to you know study astrology, both Vedic and Tibetan and Western, and went on to study. Of course, I'd been doing meditation for many, many years. I so studied under Yogananda and then under uh, his two communities, both Self-Realization Fellowship and Ananda community, and then studied with the Dalai Lama. So I met him when personally, when I was quite young, I was running a company in my early 20s. And I said to the directors, "Let's sponsor the Dalai Lama." I don't know why, but I got to do it. <laughs> well, I, know I didn't. Know. I didn't know why. So, and in sponsoring him, and that was his very first trip to New Zealand in those days. I got to meet with him personally and have a private audience, and he gave me some beautiful advice. And since then, I stayed in touch, and I've spoken to him a number of times over the years. And that led me to study with a lot of famous lamas, including Tenzin Wangyal Rinpoche and Mingyur Rinpoche. And and just really great beings over the you know over the time. So I went and studied in Christian communities. I studied in Hindu communities and Krishna commu- communities and Buddhist communities. I studied in the top of the Himalayas. Spent time in Tibetan monasteries. You know, traveled all over the world. Went to. Raban- Rabindranath Tabor's school and taught there. I taught on Yogananda's school, on Krishnamurti school. I taught on Sri Aurobindo's Rabind- school. Also, I taught on the, the um, Steiner schools and Montessori schools. So I've sort of had a lot of uh, explorative ex- moments, wow. just purely from allowing the world to unfold with all its beautiful blessings like a prayer, yes. right? Because really, our, our life can literally be like a prayer when we allow it. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And as we were saying um, earlier... You had that support around you at such a young age. You could have definitely gone down that um, medical mainstream. Oh, there's something wrong. Lock you up. But no, um, the unfolding, the dream state is so underestimated, un- 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 untapped. into totally. uh, Yeah, I I had those types of powerful dreams as well, where it's you like you you're locked in a dream, in a dream, witnessing a dream, and then you make yourself come out of it, or you have to do a bit of interplay to unlock it or change it or whatever um depends on what's happening when you're in it i sometimes of course like you would have been as a young kid experiencing that same dream cycle waking up exhausted yeah yeah i've I've had those dreams where and um i'm in the military um or a a secret service or something like that and i get shot and i wake up feeling
1: yeah, you yeah. actually feel like you can. You put your head, you, and so you go. Oh, Yes, <laughs> you, 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 like you know me.
0: where you've been shot, and yeah, for the rest of the day, you're carrying uh, <laughs> the wounds of oh, that that memory. Totally. Yes. it shows how
1: potent the the real power of both sub subconscious, conscious, and super conscious. You know, and a little bit like we were talking in the uh, beginning about the koshas and the 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 power of the you know different bodies the different energetic bodies and the fact that we do have subtle energy bodies and we do have sheaths that, that connecting right to the steep spiritual core that where we can open up to subtle you know etheric bodies and really connect that, that, that the astral the physical astral and causal bodies mm-hmm. are real can have a interplay once we understand how to work with them it's it's such a potent you know power that it that can come into our life when we really, you know, when we're really open to it.
0: Yes. And also the, um, the past life memories, or um, as much as you can, the interplay of perhaps the more draining parts of past lives, but you can also draw upon the, the goodness, the, the wisdom or the knowledge that you attained in a past life. You can bring it through to help you in this life.
1: Correct. Correct. Exactly. I really, I really love that. That was my, I had that conversation with my daughter uh, yesterday. We were driving the car to grandmas and my daughter's seven, right? And she always, she contemplates a long while. And then she, you know, I asked her once, what do you want to be? And she said, I, I want to be a Buddha. Said, her name for it actually is Babu. When she was just one year old, we took her to one of the local temples to do a fire ritual or a goma as a kind of a Welcome to the to the world because we were living in Japan. Because so I've lived in Japan for some years, lived in Australia for ten years, lived all over the world, lots of, lots of different places. But well, currently I'm in Japan, and uh she was there was a television crew there, and the woman came up. We were the only foreign people there because it was a beautiful temple, but quite out. You no, know, we li- we live right in, by a zen temple that was built in 774 ad and it's it's old and it used to house monks and nuns here and it's quite famous because it's got a particular statue that's revered for its miraculous properties that are housed there and so the interviewer went up to my daughter and said oh does she know who buddha is and she was only one and we still got the videotape it's really cute and <laughs> you know, we said yeah she knows who buddha is so the woman pointed to the because there was a statue of buddha in the temple. So she pointed to the Buddha, kind of with well, all this was being filled, and said, "Can you?" Said to Maya, yeah. um, "Can you point out Buddha?" And Maya looks at the statue, looks at the woman, looks back at the statue, the woman. Then she leans over. I was holding leans over and taps her on the heart and goes, "Babu, babu here, babu, oh. babu." It was just so cute. Wow. It was just so beautiful. You know, really, and the woman was in tears because yeah. of course she realized that Mo was saying, yeah, it's it's not a statue. Well, a... <laughs> You're not on that one. <laughs> no, no, exactly. It was yeah, so yeah. cute. So so just going back to you know the past life information is that the um my daughter, So my daughter was on the on her way to grandmas with me in the back of the car and she suddenly said, I just don't get it about all this learning stuff. And I said, what, what do you mean? She said, well, you know, school and stuff and learning. they I just don't understand it all. They just don't really understand learning. And I said, what do you mean? And I said, and she said, well, you know how there's the born before world? That's what she calls a past life. Yeah, I said, yeah, I know how there's the born before world. And she said, so she said, I've been in the born before world. I can remember it. And I said, oh, okay, well, you'd have to tell me about it. And she said, yeah, but the learning, right? We do all this learning in the born before world. How come there's so few people that remember it? She said, you you remember it. And I can remember a little bit. But she said, most people don't remember their born before world. And I, and I think, wow, that's really just really cool wisdom right yes. coming from a seven-year-old and what she remembered when she was very young she wanted to be a flower seller and so she remembered her one memory from the born before world is she remembers picking these beautiful flowers on a world that wasn't earth with my wife with her mom and that's why she had this yeah you know, we wondered why. Right, why do you want to be a flower seller She said, oh, because I was a flower seller in the born-before world. or not a flower seller, you know, a flower distributor. Association, yeah. (laughs) The association. (laughs) That's magic, you know. Yes. She was just just magic. I was really touched by her sort of understanding of that connection between the wisdom that we have prior. Because, you know, even if you look at simple quantum consciousness, the fact that energy can't be... Uh, can, can ever be destroyed, right? It goes through this trans, transformational cycle. If you consider that, then there is a direct relationship between all the consciousness that's ever been and our ability to access it. And we can access it, you know. And when you're talking about the subtle energy body, we can access it through the subtle energy body. We tend, if we tend to think that we're just operating in this physical. Then we'll tend to just access physical information. Mm-hmm. But if we understand the other layers, the other energetic layers or sheaths of the body, we'll start to realize that we can access different information through all the different layers of the body. And it makes sense, you know, in terms of quantum phys- physics. I, I'm a particular fan of a well-known quantum physicist by the name of Dr. Joachim Kepler, who's the head of currently the head of consciousness research in, in Germany. And he actually spoke. Um, about the direct relationship between our intentions and our thought and the zero point field or the field of boundless infinite awareness and consciousness and the th- fact that when we have for example high gamma synchrony in our brains so our brains are wired actually for oneness because when you think about it they're wired for communicating across different parts of the brain that the The gamma synchrony allows the neurons to actually fire and send information that's going to talk to wholeness and oneness in a unitary experience. So we're literally wired to do that, but depending on which kind of, if if we're in fear, so you know, speaking to the pandemic and so on, if we tend to live in fear because of something that's happening, then we'll we'll actually access a particular part of our brain uh, uh, that arouses fight or flight and it's going to go into survival mode and we're not going to access that oneness and you can even see that in the world right all these countries with all these different weird laws about citizens can do this and they can't do that in japan you know we've got um, 120 million people right and currently there are in the whole country there are 120 cases and in uh, tokyo we've got with 14 million people so i live on the outskirts of it there are um, there were 21 cases yesterday. Now this is partly because I I think like there are no law. If if you get vaccinated, you get vaccinated. If you don't, you don't. There's only uh, currently in Japan 75% have been vaccinated as of yesterday. That means 25% of 120 million is quite a big potential to have a lot of cases, right? Yes. But there's 120 in the whole country. And that is simply because this level of courtesy and kindness and also wearing masks and just maintaining an appropriate degree of courtesy and care means that you know, the government would never legislate saying mandated this and you, you can't do your job unless you've, I mean, all of that sort of thing is, is like clearly if the statistics were right, then Japan should uh, with 75% and not mandating any of this, it should be somehow having a huge number of cases, but I talked to my friends in Australia or New Zealand or um, uh, in the States or in Europe, you know, and you look at the cases rising. So you think, hang on a second, these stats don't add up. Some the governments are not acting in oneness; they clearly aren't. They're acting in all, they're they're acting from that you know, fight flight fear yes, mentality. And guess what? That lowers the immune system. It doesn't exactly. bolster it.
0: That's exactly right. We're talking about this consciousness but, and, um, that we are a being of, but we are living in a physical body which has, um, we've had to adapt into the physical body with the, the nervous system, the uh, all the chemicals that are produced, the hormones that are produced. And the fear element is creating what it's supposed to, within the physical body, is all the adrenaline and all that stuff that is counterproductive to the immune system um right. so yeah step into that positive way of living in the way totally. of everything it's gone you know totally. we, we've got the we we've taken back and given the physical form the endorphins and the the, the way and the strength and the ability to heal itself
1: exactly to stay strong. exactly 100% 100% agree with you, and you know, I. So I'm really at this moment. I'm pretty happy to be living in Japan because Japan as a whole is showing look, that's possible. I have not heard one word of criticism from any friend. They they have. If you're vaccinated, it's great. If you're not vaccinated, it's great. Everything's cool, and nobody's putting any pressure on anybody. The companies said, you know, look, you've got to maintain distance anyway when you come in, and just. If you're vaccinated, that's fine. If you're not vaccinated, be careful. That's cool. Everybody's okay. Let's all look after each other. Let's be kind and careful and compassionate and loving as, as the number one thing, right? Yes. What you do after that, that's your choice. Yes. And then maybe it's important that you let us know, but we're certainly not going to discriminate or c- create any kind of separation or fear m- amongst people because of that. And we're certainly not going to be paying people to get vaccinated and not paying them to be not vaccinated. And as a good friend of mine in Sydney said, you know, he's been, he's such a dear soul and he, he actually runs some um, big conferences. He's a magic, magic, magic man. And he's not vaccinated. And he's, you know, currently he's not allowed to go out because he's not vaccinated. Whereas the vaccinated people are allowed to travel yeah. and the, he's well. So here's the irony, right? He's well, he's not vaccinated, he's making choice. But he's also being discriminated against by people who feel that he's not doing his part for society. Now, the, this if that was true, then, as I say, you know, if you look at Japan, then then something should be happening differently here that, that's not happening. There is not the surge in case. The surge in cases in Japan happened over the Olympics. So I'm just totally into love and kindness and equanimity and compassion and joy that is where the immune system thrives you know those basically you know meta loving kindness and karuna or compassion or mudita or intrinsic joy and the power of upeka or equanimity like if you really actually made those the the entry points of your day I, i think the first moment we get up in our day and the last moment when we go to sleep are so crucial so if you really made that the beginning moment of your day when you wake up and it's an awe-inspiring fresh and wonderfully brand new day and you're going to bring you're going to bring this gorgeous quality of of loving kindness to every single being no matter what and then something different would start to happen you would you would naturally be allowed to make a choice about what you do and you do it with full information and you do it with wisdom and you do it with understanding and there would be just a whole different way of sharing and communicating and and especially at the top so that for our leaders they would be acting from that love and compassion certainly does not separate in the way that it's been doing around the world love and compassion is really inclusive it's about oneness it's about really actually Um, allowing all of us to feel that we are truly that one united human family in kindness and that includes everybody and that yeah so it's it's just interesting what i what i've seen at the moment and i i'm i'm just just really my heart sings out to all those souls on on all parts of this you know pandemic to to actually really speak to the beautiful love and kindness that we can bring to every single person in our and by the way, I always get when I'm talking to somebody wonderfully inspired and angelic like yourself, I get different things that come into my presence. And there was a beautiful flash of light indi- indicating an angelic presence here. So we're well supported. And that that angelic presence is saying the same as what you and I are saying is that let's, let's look after our immune system. Let's give our thoughts to to real love and kindness and care for all of humanity and really reach out out to people. So if there's somebody that you've been feeling a little bit disconnected with here, here's a good time to bring awareness to that disconnection actually see if even if you do it at a distance to see if you can bring love and kindness and compassion yes. to that
0: and, and to think when you step into that awareness or you come into conscious awareness that oh you you you, all of a sudden you feel like you're on that conveyor belt of oh, fear and Let's talk about your subtle energy meditation because that could be something like a tool that we can share with through what you share uh, with listeners now as to how to step back into that mindfulness, how to take a step out of being in that hurricane that's surrounding the earth, if you like, um, to come back to the the bliss center, (coughs) to take back the control or the power of self to, then embrace the kindness the power of it the gentleness the love the compassion the gratefulness so let's talk about your meditation practices
1: sure and
0: let's just drop into your many 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 meditation practices but what would be um there's a beginning there's a beginning to to every step we take so if for listeners don't practice on a regular basis uh, or are perhaps keen on beginning to step more into a mindfulness or more kind kindness practice what would you say, recommend
1: <laughs> currently a little drop of water mm-hmm. um the so <laughs> so first of all the yeah subtle energy awareness practice so, and I know you practice this as well so especially listen for for viewers so when Kevin and I met we found such a similarity between between our practices and we really wanted to develop this subtle energy meditation because we could really see into the heart of how important this would be to shift your baseline state of consciousness from these states of anxiety and stress and self-focus to a really peaceful state of this compassionate, spacious awareness. So one of the things that we really encourage people to consider is that this particular practice might actually become your baseline so it becomes a stable background state so first thing if you were to consider um, your practice at the moment normally when we go through life we consider that how we see things and how we experience things is exactly as they are so first of all is to consider that whatever you're experiencing right now is actually a specific perspective based on your current state of awareness or consciousness. So you can think of this like, you know, when you're in love, you're really in love, the whole world seems to sing, right? And when you're not in love and some, say, for example, you go through a breakup, then life can seem pretty dour. So you can use those as an example to say, yeah, okay, I can see my perspective really actually determines how, what I experience, how I feel and how I relate. And what we tend to do in the beginning is we tend to see everything as being an objective experience. Like, okay, we experience, it, and we experience it through our senses, right? So, right now, if you're listening to me, uh, instead, and particularly if you're watching this, if you don't look at your computer or your device, but feel into the space around the computer, feel into the space around your room, feel into this opportunity to consider the vastness of of being itself like it's a bit like looking at the night sky we look up at the night sky and we see all those amazing stars and we think wow that's amazing but we're actually only seeing about 1% of the entire cosmos or less right and it's a little bit like that with our perspective we tend to have an experience like like i mentioned like a relationship breakdown or a health problem or a um financial issue, and we tend to see that as being exactly what's happened. Like our whole experience is judged through that lens. So it shapes us. And instead of us opening to this incredible opportunity for awareness to be present to the immensity of the cosmos. So if you just let your awareness rest for a moment on the space around you, you're aware that there's even space in your room, right? And when you project that awareness past your walls in your room consider that you're now connecting to the space around your house and around your room and out into the sky and then consider the awareness that goes beyond the boundaries of our earth right and out into the cosmos itself so you're aware even now you've been told about it you might not have directly experienced it but you're aware now as your awareness goes out and you can hear sounds beyond your room you can hear sounds out so there is an extent to which our senses actually then determine what we feel in the experience but you know as i know that out beyond the boundaries of earth there is a space and that there is a galaxy that goes on and then there are infinite number of galaxies so you start to become aware of this vastness of your awareness so the the first part is to become really deeply aware of this vast awareness that is present that is not tied into your senses, but can actually potentially go beyond them. And then you start to look at, okay, how do I get to know this? And one of the simplest skills that we teach is interoception, which is your ability to turn into the inner sensations of your body. So if you now from that vast awareness that is infinite, if you turn inwards now and just sense inside yourself and become aware of the sensations in your body right at this moment, So as you turn inside and you turn into the inner sensations of your body, you start to become aware of the, say, aches and pains. Maybe your breathing's a little bit ragged. Maybe your body's a little bit jarred. Maybe your knee's hurt or you've got a shoulder ache. So try bringing awareness to those body parts, those tensions, those sensations without any judgment. See if you can embrace them. See if you can allow and embrace them like a long-lost friend right? Because the body is such a sacred vehicle as a bridge to into the many sheaths or layers of subtle energy or the many subtle energy bodies. So this being able to embrace these physical tensions is a really important part of it. So as you're doing this with me now, you just start to become aware of these physical sensations and you start to become aware that every sensation can be experienced like the cosmos itself. There's a oneness, right? At some point, you've experienced the shoulder sensations. At some point, you experience the knee problem. But then you start to go beyond it and say, oh, I can use this interoception to feel the space inside me. I can also use this interoception to feel the space around me. Like I'm not actually separate from everything. I, I've perceived it perhaps, but now I'm starting to be, become aware. Through interoception, that I can be fully present with whatever it is, even an ache or a pain or a tension or a fear. I can also turn into and access intuitive information and higher states of consciousness. So, you might, I know many of you out there who are very intuitive can receive messages, can channel information, or open to a, an entire universe with, within you. And it's this precious type of opportunity that interoception really does, and and it's often neglected. And so we start to open to the fact that, oh, we're not just these physical sensations, because you can also bring your awareness to the breath as as you can do right now. And you can be aware of the breath all the way on the inhale till you pause, and all the way on the exhale until you pause, and then you can be aware oh, I have this relationship with the breath too. And there's a sense of which you can bring your awareness to the breath. And you can learn something about the quality of the breath. If your breathing is a little ragged or not quite even, then try doing this. Try breathing in long inhalation, maybe six counts, two, three, four, five, six. And then long exhalation. Maybe make it even longer exhalation to a count of eight, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So you start to actually turn into the power of the parasympathetic nervous system. This long exhalation allows you breathing in again. You're really turning into the power of simply this by turning your awareness to the breath and observing how the breath is behaving and developing a sense of welcoming and friendliness and love towards the breath itself. And by creating this long exhalation, you can actually do different things with your body, so I'm sure you're starting to feel now that you're coming right down and you become to or you come to drop into the next important skill, which is mindfulness. Because what you're starting to do now is you're paying attention on purpose in this present moment without without any judgment whatsoever, like a curious observer to your breath. So you're becoming aware. So watch the way you learn something about the breath, the way that it, you inhale and there's a pause, and there's a gap, there's a silence, right, just for a moment, it's and then you exhale. It's beautifulness. I couldn't say it any better. The quality of beauty in the breath. So, you know, if there was a way to enter the beginning of subtle energy meditation, I'd describe it much like that. That it's about perce- understanding perception, understanding the power of interoception, turning inwards, and then. Developing mindfulness of the beautifulness yes. of the breath. Yes. You, you, are right there. You were there all the time from when you were born. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Yes, and and that space in between the breath is is also such a, a power center. Um, Correct. And I like talking about the nothingness um, when people sometimes practicing and starting meditation um, or n- new ways of doing things. Uh, there's a comment, but I don't. I feel nothing. To me, that's a very powerful place to be. You know, from very nothing, powerful. Wow, nothingness is the thing we need. Well, we should be trying to achieve um, in aspects mm. that nothingness is such a foundation for everything.
1: A- absolutely, I hundred percent agree. You know, Mingya M- M- Rimshe described nothingness or emptiness as the vast potential of infinite possibility. Yes. I just thought it was such a beautiful description, because it's saying that nothingness, when the brain stops, right, it suddenly stops all its chatter, mm-hmm. so its narrative content ceases, yeah. and that nothingness is actually the infinite potential yes. to to simply be, I absolutely agree with you. Yes, yes,
0: and to accept that nothingness as, yeah, you're there, you know, to, to, um, breathe into that nothingness. Um, practice getting into that nothingness a bit more often. You don't have to have that busyness um, around us
1: to still I, be able to
0: achieve so much.
1: T- I totally agree. You know, I was in a lecture with a um, Harvard um, a Harvard professor about, and he was talking about all the different languages. And at the end of the, you know, it was a weekend ser- uh, seminar. At the end of it, I stood up and I said. Actually, there's only one language you haven't got there, and I said that's the language of silence, stillness, spaciousness, the language of nothingness, of emptiness. <laughs> and he paused. Right, I still remember. Eh? We, we, we kept in touch for some years because he really loved it. And he said, "You yeah, know, you're right." He said most of the research is done on things and busyness and objects, languages, you know, the way the language works, the way the metaphor, the this, the that. But he said there's very little research to that space in between the words and he said that's there's a whole thesis there yes. on on cultural silence for example how relevant it is to different, you know cultural nothingness what does that truly mean for for indigenous people for for example so i'm i'm maori hawaiian by by birth and i've spent you know a lot of time with my own people and with um the indigenous people of australia and the indigenous people of america and been on lots of different work walkabouts, about song lines powers all, all the, those wonderful celebrations and that you know the power of the space and the silence and the nothingness is really revealed it's the opportunity to access and have portals through to yes. other realms yes you know and literally exactly
0: um, and what an experience when you can tap into it
1: yeah um, yeah totally when when you can tell ta- you reminded me of a, just a very quick story that my wife and i experienced about tapping into it so we were um because a lot of people think oh yeah mystical realms but you know they don't really exist it's just this physical reality but we were in um we were in a tour group in fox glacier in new zealand some years ago and we reached a certain, I'd been there many times, but it, my wife's from Japan. It was her first experience there. And we came to a bend in the track and there was a tr- little track going off to the right. And I said to the tour group leader, I said, well, you know, I've been here quite a number of times. I've never noticed this track. And he said, yeah, okay, we'll go on. We'll meet you in a minute. So I took my wife and we just went off. Nobody else came with us, just the two of us. And we got to what looked like a sheer, impassable group of trees. But when we pushed through, we came out the other side in this, most extraordinary now this is this is fox glacier which has just a glacier and a whole lot of dirt right and 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 some low shrub it does not have a beautiful place with lots of waterfalls and amazing butterflies flying around and all these twinkling rainbow colored you know it was just sharon it was incredible fortunately i have my wife to bear this tale with me because she saw her. she is convinced to this day that i'd either hypnotized her or i'd put her in some sort of time or in space shuttle and transported her because she's she said to this you Now we had cameras but nothing worked nothing there was no you know the the, the power there was no power yes. so we just sent we now we stayed there and we you know frolic laughed, played in the water played in the Beautiful space. I mean, it's—I've never seen anything like it to this day on this planet. And to at the end of, I reckon it would have been twenty minutes. My wife reckons thirty, but you know, even at a casual count, I would have said it would have been at least twenty minutes because we were having a little time of our lives there. We didn't want to leave. And then I said, "Look, we better go back. They'll have either reached the glacier and gone up." So we come out, and I put a—I carried a little rock and I put it at the entrance to the thing so I could find it so I could show the people and they were literally I thought what are they doing they're just you know few 10 20 meters away I said hey hey what you and they said oh great you know how are you guys okay and we said yeah yeah but we thought you'd worry about us we were gone for like 20 or 30 minutes and then he said he said no no you've only been gone a you know matter of 30 seconds and we looked at our watch and sure enough it was exactly the same time it hadn't hadn't shifted in time and they you know they said oh we just thought you know it was like young love or something like that (laughs) but um there you go it was like and and to this day it was just one of those fabulous experiences in life where uh you know that time and space altered and there was a different dimension we passed through and we both experienced it and yeah to this and we went back we took the group back actually to find the stone there was no path so cuz we left the rock there in the path yes. and we went up to the group and then said oh, look, we want you to see it and they said we'll we'll look on our return cuz I said look see that bend there so we went back to the bend no path nothing wow. not even the rock so it was um that was, that just, was very that was interesting.
0: for you isn't it awesome when you, you you get an opportunity to go off path I mean to- well, I, totally yeah
1: it's, totally totally
0: many many it's, moons ago i used to get so frustrated at getting lost when it, I traveled anywhere but that, that's well and truly in the in the past now I love getting lost because generally you find something that you just wouldn't if you stayed on path you know no.
1: it, totally I totally agree with you <laughs> totally totally if you stay on the path too long you find the path right but
0: yeah or you get shipped if, or you get kicked off and put onto a new you, one
1: <laughs> you get I I absolutely agree that it's magic that and, is truly and magic. Life's
0: magic when we are like like what you do open to the um, full consciousness uh, of bounty uh, yeah. of opportunities that are out there.
1: Totally, totally. Yes. I totally agree. Yes. Totally. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Wondrous.
0: <laughs> so now I mentioned in the intro, because uh, I've been researching a bit on your website and uh, I'm really keen to uh, get listeners searching you out and having a look at what you offer. Um, you met, I mentioned there's, you have a, a 30-day challenge yes. of awakening into presence yeah yes could you share with listeners a bit about that and how to access it
1: sure sure so if if you go to ltearlove.com it's very easy to find uh, ltlove.com and you will find when you go to the website you can click on a series of meditations called awaken to presence now what these are they more or less take you through a very simple process of waking up it's called 30-day challenge to awaken it actually literally means to awaken you wake up to doing these practices every morning and i've had so many testimonies from people who have said that it's just sort of blown their reality because they've woken up into a different space and time and realization every single morning so it begins with the body so it's really simple gets you into the body first then a bit like what i did with you before gets you into the body into the body sensations and then into the breath and then it starts to help you to awaken to vision so you stay in awareness while you look at objects and then you stay in awareness while you hear things and then you awaken to awareness through your feelings and then you let thoughts come and you're still aware so one of the key things is just developing the sense of awareness so when a thought comes you're instantly aware when the thought, so if I ask you now, for example, to be aware of um, and a simple interaction you had today with a friend or with a, a child or a pet or somebody you love, or so positive interaction, you can tend to bring that thought up, you can let it abide for a period of time, you can let it dissolve. So it's simply becoming aware of those thought processes and the way that they, going back to your talk about nothingness, um, the way it appears from this emptiness or nothingness or spaciousness, and the way that it it stays for a while, but also the way it vanishes. So you start to look at the origin of your thinking and the dissolution of your thinking, and then you go through into uh, unawareness of space and presence and I am consciousness and silent stillness, recognition, awakening to this unborn, uncreated being, so this changeless spaciousness that's always present or this changeless nothingness or changeless emptiness or this changeless infiniteness that's always present in and from this space of tranquility and serenity that you spoke about before and then awakening to open-heartedness awakening to doing this for everybody the fact that if you dedicate your practice every morning was just this wonderful opportunity to bless and be blessed by devoting your practices every single moment anything that happens you devote it for the benefits of all other people and then devotion you know devotion to your own path and to the messengers on your path and these can include the teachers the the spiritual guardians the guides the mentors the beings on other realms who are assisting you the the star beings that assist you, and also the being, those beings that you might struggle with, they're also assisting you because they're actually helping you recognize certain things and obstacles and tensions on your path. And then awakening to love and surrender and opening to the radiance of your own true being. And then this really deep sense of intimacy and intimacy with everybody. So you can awaken to intimacy with yourself and a significant other, but also to a sense of intimacy and all your reactions and actions and interactions with people. And I often see the, um, when you're going about your day, when I go to the supermarket, I see everybody in the supermarket as a Buddha or a Christ or a Magdalene or a Divine Mother. And I see the floors I'm walking on as mandalas. So they literally light up. And I see all the, everything in the floor is, uh, or everything in the supermarket has being. These precious sacred objects. So it's a different way of seeing and feeling that it, to see everybody as, as a Buddha or a Christ and all, all your environment as a as a temple or a sacred mandala and, and everything, every breath you take becomes a sacred breath. So it's that sense. So there, that's that's the process, and then awakening to the whole body is life, deep sacred lip, listening receiving with gratitude forgiveness practicing forgiveness which actually breaks the timeline you know when you think about it if you hold something against say you've had a problem with your dad and you're holding this grudge against him then that actually informs your future right because your future and your interactions with people are potentially already taking that grudge and, and using it and and actually having that form around your consciousness now when you go back and you forgive your father for no matter what it is when you really deeply forgive, it breaks that bond right it breaks whatever the tension is around it and it creates a new future you're suddenly awake to a whole new self and you're actually walking a path which is a whole new future self so yes. all of that kind yes. of process
0: wonderful i will put the contact details in description as i said earlier for people to go and have a look access that challenge the 30-day um, awakening into presence and so encourage people to get in and give it a go um, to Absolutely. Into the, 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 the oneness and the magic of life um, and well, uh, tapping into what you said about how it can when you you the forgiveness, for, for an example, when you heal that within yourself, the, the, the lineage, bef, even before and after you
1: before you know, and after generations and before and generations. Yeah, yeah you literally not, do break that not, yeah, why not, why to- totally
0: give the. That gift
1: to every um, line of us. <laughs> well, you know, it's incredible, incred- incredible, Sharon, because I work with different scientists as well on this. So I'm working with meditating groups and I'm working with different scientists and researchers. And the scientists that are working on these synchronistic patterns describe exactly the same thing: that if you consider the quantum field and that until you bring awareness to something, then the photons literally are not going to connect, right? There's not going to be a reaction or interaction without there being awareness of it. So if you're not aware of something, potentially it doesn't exist. And the same thing happens, as you said, when you become aware that your interaction with the past affects the entire past because you're actually changing your relationship with your dad. And the one that example that I yeah. And that, that allows him potentially to free his relationship with the past. And that, that then you start to understand. Oh, that literally, in terms of quantum physics, you are literally changing the way the neurons fire in people's brains, the way that the photons are interacting across the cosmos itself. And like that butterfly effect or the ripple effect, you yes. literally can have that effect. It actually is a real effect, and it's, it's so dynamic and so extraordinary that
0: multi-dimensional layers of layers of layers. Yeah. Yes.
1: Exactly. Awesome. Exactly. It is awesome. It, <laughs> it is, is awesome. Yes. I know we're speaking exactly the same language. You could have just, you could have just as easily pretended to be me and talked, talked to my and would have, <laughs> would have made just as much sense, and I would have been just as happy.
0: It has been fabulous, um, Stephen. Having this chat, and I'm sure listeners are just really keen to know more. I'll, I'll give them the contact details. Thank you so, so much. Um, oh, for being um, a part I'm, of this podcast, this program, and all it's that you do—it's an doing incredible
1: honor. With
0: with your work that you're doing, um, your actions—you know, your your actions to um, bring everything into awakened consciousness. I mean, you can affect the people in your world, but you're affecting the Earth grid. The Earth grid can. When its levels of consciousness are awakened and also given the exactly. oomph from all of us, it affects everybody.
1: the interstellar. Exactly, <laughs> affects the interstellar grids and so yeah. on. Do you know? Do you know? Just on on that note. So if if people do want to find me, they can also go obviously to Kevin My Site Raising And also there's another site, um, the Conscious Accelerator and the Wisdom Path. So they can find the Wisdom Path on theltielove.com. And we're actually working with researchers and scientists to make conscious teams and conscious groups and conscious communities a reality. So we're doing this in a venture with Venture Crowd Australia. So this is actually a large group of uh, Australian entrepreneurs, investors and scientists and researchers and meditators that are part of this shift towards real conscious connection so bringing into a, you know pausing first of all and saying let's get aware and then bringing awareness in through uh, various modalities and then connecting and exactly as you were talking about connecting not just right across the earth grid but considering that when the earth grid actually is alive with synchrony and coherence and love and wisdom it actually connects, with the universal grid, right? It connects with the cosmic grid. You, it, I mean, it's no wonder we don't have every, I, I, I've i had du- direct contact as m- I know many listeners have and it's. It, there's no wonder why not, because if they're gonna come and look at the way that we're <laughs> even dealing with something like a pandemic yes. in such isolation, such disorientation, then they're gonna simply wait until we get into, it's much more important that the earth grows into coherence and interconnectedness with the environment, we're not separate from our environment, people say coal's the cul- culprit, no, we're the culprit, we actually, we're the one who's digging the coal, come on, let's get the phrasing right, it's got nothing to do, it's, it's us, right, and it's the same with the synchrony and coherence and unity and consciousness on this planet, uh, people don't seem to realize if if we get this planet into consciousness which is everybody's job or everybody's responsibility then we're going to actually come into coherence with the entire cosmos yes. all the connections that we you know many of us already know that are present they will become apparent they'll be right here already it would be it would happen in the click of a finger yes. because you just you'd create it's just like the brains firing when you're you know the tests they've done on me they get they that show these in very high gamma states okay then you think of that on the planet earth we're all awake the whole earth is firing synchrony and happiness and joy think what that does to our solar system to the planets to the to the alignment and energy in the entire universe it's just it's That's just so o- clear and obvious but it'll be so wondrous to people they say why did not we think of that before well of course many many of us like you me and many of our listeners we're already thinking that way we're already thinking no okay we try to it's not about going back to normal after the pandemic the pandemic is waking us up to the incredible opportunity to retreat to come into consciousness and awareness to wake into raising our vibration there's such a unique opportunity to be alive and awake right now right now right?
0: and there's no mistake about it it's time um yeah. it's time to, to, to awaken to a better way of being um for everybody yeah absolutely yeah. so yeah again thank you so much um i do look forward to seeing where you go next and i wish you well with all the adventures um, that you're, you're having whether it's off a path that only you get to see um share it with us <laughs>
1: and, sure sure <laughs> Well, well, do you know it's funny, just before just before this, I was in a talk with a good friend of mine from Heart Mind Alchemy that we run, Holly Holly Erin Copeland. We were talking about the mystical sacred mystical brain, the sacred heart. So there you go. I think all human beings we've got access to this. Yes. So let's let's find out. Let's share and and open to the incredibly miraculous opportunities in this precious human lifetime yes. so it's really awaiting every one of us you every single person who's listening is a is a is living a miraculous precious lifetime yes
0: well spoken that's wonderful way of putting it yeah thank you so much again all right and, uh, blessings much to love
1: you. much yes. love and blessings yes, love and for- what an incredible uh, opportunity this is really to sit in this serenity and tranquility with you and talk about Such beautiful things, so thank you. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. What a full awakening into awareness episode that was with Stephen. As always, listeners, I have Stephen's contact details in the written part of this intro in the episode so please take a take a look check out that wonderful 30-day challenge awaken into presence and do yourself a favor to allow yourself to begin to connect to all that is you become more open to the the oneness of everything that is in and around you and until next time listeners soul blessings for listening to a better way of being to learn more please visit my website hibiscusdreaming.com, and join me on both my facebook and instagram pages just search ashane i would love to see you in my community of well-being and together we can celebrate the soul celebrate life and your important role here on the earth plane soul blessings and remember you are amazing